Hey guys, it's Matt and Heather with the Joyful Family Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. Um, today we're going to be talking about intimacy. You know, one of the main questions that we get through the ministry is on conflict in the bedroom and different sex drives and people not being in the mood and all those things cause conflict and people want to know how do, how do you work through that? Yeah, and it's, you know, sex was designed by God to be one of the best parts or most amazing parts of marriage. But unfortunately, for a lot of couples, it's turned into probably the biggest source of conflict or disconnect. Um, and I guess the best way to start this off is the understanding that it is absolutely normal in a marriage for a husband and wife to not be on the same page sexually um, throughout the marriage. Now, there are some, some moments when everything's clicking. Um, the romance is in the air. And when that happens, enjoy it because <laughs> it's done. It, things happen in life that it's not always the case and unfortunately because we're so different than our spouse this area of physical intimacy sex all it it has a profound impact on our marriage and conflict and and emotions and all of this and it gets it makes things really messy very quickly and there's so many reasons for it to happen um you know there's all different scenarios of somebody has a question it's like okay but which scenario is it because it can be hormones are out of whack it can be sleep habits it can be your busy schedules emotionally disconnected trauma from the past i mean physical issues it just goes on and on and on you know different forms of love language mine is absolutely not touch it's actually my lowest one that i scored but matt's on the other hand that's his that's his first one and so it could be just different personality types and you don't find that it's as important as your spouse does. And so it can literally be so many different things. And so it's a very hard topic to pinpoint the issue going on. Yeah, and it's one of the things, you know, we've got a, a question one time, you know, how do I make my, my spouse wanna have sex with me more? And it's, unfortunately, it's just not that cut and dry. You know, there's, um, for guys, and, and we'll throw some general generalities out here, but this isn't just a guy-girl issue. There's actually 20% of marriages exist where uh, the wife actually has a higher sex drive, and she's the one that's actually wanting more. And um, that's we're, we're going to talk about the the eighty percent for a while. And um, if that's you, it can be you know in our situation, I had to come to terms with, uh, with in my own marriage that my wife just didn't obsess over sex in a way that I did as far as her husband. And um, she is created much differently, and she does have different desires and stuff and so how you balance that out and and how you <clears throat> pardon me as a guy kind of learn how to slow your own drive down i guess you could say and pursue your wife the way that she's created by god uh to be pursued and that's very different you know if if guys if if we want our spouse to pursue us most of the time it's through some sort of lingerie and and um ends with sex the way that God designed my wife is he wants me to pursue her emotionally. He wants me to pursue the friendship. And she wants he wants me to pursue meeting her needs. And whenever I'm doing that and I'm focusing on that, it opens up the bedroom. It opens up the other stuff. Um, and so there's a, there is a scripture that I want to throw out there and kind of use this as a baseline and talk about this a little bit because there's, there's balance and um, there's understanding that needs to happen. So it says uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verses 3 through 5, um, this is probably a scripture that most husbands know very well. 
Um, it says, the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So what Paul is saying in the way that you take this and not manipulate the scripture, or take this out of context, is God's saying, or Paul's writing, whenever you're married, my body as the husband is not my own. I'm yielding it to my wife. And my wife's body is not her own, she's yielding it to me. Now, what that is not saying is I can walk in and say, hey, I own you, you do what I need because I need, I need this from you. That's not what we're talking about because it goes back to in the same... Uh, actually, Paul wrote in, in Ephesians that a husband should love his spouse or his wife like Christ loves the church, which is sacrificial. So I have to be willing to sacrifice my needs before I could ever walk in and say, hey, I need this from you. And so, but it does talk about the importance. The sex was designed by God to be something that only is met through marriage. There's a desire that I have that God designed only Heather to meet, and vice versa. There's a desire that she has that I'm the only one on this planet that is designed to meet that. And when we go for a period of time where we aren't meeting those needs, we open the door to sin. Now, that doesn't excuse sin because there's certain times in marriage that um, sex kind of takes a back burner. Um, Heather has has had five pregnancies, and every time she ha has a baby, there's six weeks where things are shelled. And there's also hormonal differences and different things that we go through um, for the women, you know, that sex is not a priority, keeping our children and the house functioning and all those things. And yes, we have to keep balance, but there are also different seasons of life where, you know, when you're newlyweds, sex five times a week is completely normal and, you know, not an issue. Well, as we get older, we're tired and we're dealing with children and by the end of the day, we're exhausted. And so there are exceptions. Um, but I think it's, it's coming to a balance to where it's not that we say no every single time, but we also can't say yes every single time. It's a balance. And so there's grace whenever it's been a long day. My husband understands that. He knows what I've gone through in the day because we discuss, you know, everything with each other. And so... I think it's just keeping the communication open is super important. And it's also really important for both spouse to understand when one spouse is trying to initiate sex and saying, hey, I need something from you. Um, that's probably one of the most vulnerable times in their relationship. It's one of those times that um, is open for uh, disconnect or frustration because it's we take those moments, whether you're a guy or a girl, we take those moments very personal and when our spouse rejects us sexually it if we're not careful and we don't understand the context and we don't understand everything going on uh, we use that as a source of resentment and frustration and it, it turns into something incredibly not healthy yeah so what do you do when there are moments of disconnect will you go back to the basics are you pursuing each other the way that you used to I know sometimes after we get married and there's kids we get lazy in that you know, the things that I used to do to fix up and um, write love notes to Matt or whatever when we were dating, all that gets kind of pushed to the back burner when you have kids and 
work and trying to keep a household functioning and all those things, we forget to do all those little things for our spouse that is what we did whenever we were trying to catch them, you know? And now that we've caught them and we're married, we get lazy in that. And so we got to go back to some of those basics, you know? If we didn't really have texting when Matt and I were dating, okay, that made us sound old. We were dinosaurs. But um, (laughs) we would write love notes to each other. And if I would be somewhere... On his way home, he knew where I was parked, and so he'd drop a love note in my car or on my windshield for when I came out of wherever I was. You know, those sweet little things. Well, now we live together, so you can leave sticky notes in their car. You can leave stuff on the bathroom mirror. You know, go back to all those little cute things that were over the top when you were dating. Bring those back. You know, 20 years of marriage later, I still love to get a love note from my husband. He writes sweet things to me, you know, and sends them in text form now. And so go back to some of those basics. Yeah, and most of the most people that I know, the reason that they even are married in the first place is because of a relentless pursuit of each other. And we we shelved that for some reason. And uh, one of the, the things that you did whenever you know you were dating, if you dated the right way, you pursued each other emotionally way before you did anything physically. And that emotional connection is what is the foundation for your whole relationship. And so, especially for the situation with a, with a guy pursuing his wife sexually, um, you have to do it the right way. You have to pursue her emotionally before she'll ever be willing to, to open up physically. And that means meeting her needs, pursuing her the friendship. Your wife craves a deep connection uh, of a friendship with you. And if, if you're missing on that and you're disconnected as friends or as partners, let me tell you, that feeds straight into the bedroom and it's, it's, it, it becomes frustrating. Yeah, another thing is, are you making time for each other? You can't give every ounce of energy, <coughs> excuse me, to everything outside of your house, to your kids, to your, sorry, I'm choked. Um, you can't give every ounce of your energy to everything outside and then expect to have any type of sex life at all at the end of the day. You've got to save some of your time and your energy and your emotional energy for your spouse. Yeah, and obviously there's times that this is harder. You know, anytime you have little little kids in the house, um, anytime you have babies, um, babies monopolize. You know, kids, and I'll, I'll joke around, kids are, are natural born narcissists. Uh, and what that means is kids naturally just will consume every single ounce of energy that you possibly have and you have to make sure that even in those moments that you're not shelving your your sex life now whenever you have a newborn the first year it's there's a it's going to have an impact on your romance it's going to have an impact because anytime you do schedule it that baby's going to interrupt it that's just speaking from personal experience and even toddlers you know the moment that you have Something scheduled, they are, it's every time. Yes, and it's actually the best birth control ever, I think, is a child under the age of, like, four. Um, because they have this little radar, mommy and daddy want to kiss, and so I'm going to scream or lose my mind. And so, but you have to understand, and you have to be compassionate with each other. And this is where one of the most important things. You have to pursue your spouse's needs over your own. And there are some times that that means you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice your sex life for a season because of the current circumstances. Now, when I say sacrifice your sex life, I'm, I'm saying understand that your spouse can't meet that need. 
And when you understand that, that means you don't start looking for other opportunities for other things to meet your needs like pornography or emotional affairs, whatever. But you also have conversations with your wife and you, or your, even your husband. You have those moments where you say, okay, I get it right now. It's a rough season, and so we might not be able to connect sexually, but let's not lose our relationship. Let's still make time for each other. Let's still pursue each other and have those conversations and talk about some of these things, not just assume, well, my spouse knows that, you know, that I need this or whatever. Because let me tell you, assumptions, especially in your sex life, assumptions are the, the foundation of disaster in your home. And so you can't, uh, you can't live in that realm. You have to... Um, you have to go and then this is a message definitely for I would say the 80% guy 20% women in the situation where you're the one that's desiring sex more and there's a season of disconnect and what happens our natural reaction is to well try 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 harder try and and then we become almost obsessed and then we everything we talk about is this and and all we're pushing and really and I just, this really kind of blew my mind when, when I read this, um, that a relationship is kind of an inner conflict with, with a person. We have a natural born desire to be independent. Uh, that independence you know, is the reason why people leave their home and not live with their, their parents, that, that drive to forge your own path. But we also have an internal drive to connect and to have a loving relationship. And so in the middle of this inner conflict where we're trying to be independent but still you know, have a loving relationship, if I'm pushing my spouse, and I'm, all I'm talking about is what I need, what I need, what I need, and I'm pushing, pushing, I'm actually gonna trigger in her that independence drive. And she's going to resist my advances because I'm smothering her or I'm pushing too hard. And it's triggering something in her and it actually, what I've discovered in, in our marriage, whenever there's seasons of disconnect, the harder I try, it's almost like sex repellent to my wife. Um, it, it doesn't work out. But whenever I slow down and I calm down, and I and one of the, this is where we're talking about praying. You know, God help me love her the way that you designed her to be loved, and soften my heart. And don't let me get resentment or unforgiveness or bitterness or all of those things that come in whenever we were rejected sexually. Don't let that take root and let him soften your heart it calms things and it, and it gives you understanding it gives you grace but it also i'll go back to what i just said you still have to talk about it you still yeah have you do because there was a, a long time you know if i said no i didn't realize that he took that as rejection i didn't know until he actually told me and so it goes back to communication you know i didn't think of it that way i didn't think of it as rejection at all he's my husband i love him surely he knows that but when i was saying no all the time you know, he was taking that as rejection. It's just like if I wanted him to hold my hand and take me on a date or take me to dinner and he said no, that would really hurt my feelings because that's my love language. I'm quality time and I like him to take me and go to dinner. That's my love language. And so if he were to tell me no to that, it would sting a little like, oh my goodness, he doesn't want to spend time with me. Well, that hurts my feelings. Well, he was taking it the same way when I was saying no to physical touch because that's his love language. And so sometimes it's as simple as having that conversation because it was a light bulb moment. Oh, duh. Okay, I get it now. And it, it was something so simple, but it's something that we avoid. We don't ever want to talk about it, especially if you grew up in a home where sex is not talked about. 
you know, you spend your whole life not being able to talk about it and then you get married and now you're supposed to talk about it. That's a hard mental switch for a lot of people. Um, and so you have to just stop and just face it and talk about it. And it's uncomfortable at first, but it gets easier as you go on. 20 years later, I'm, I still struggle sometimes, to be honest. But we talk about these things now, and it really does make a difference. Yeah, and so we have this, the paradigm of there's a lot of couples that live in this current state to where there is a disconnect where one spouse is wanting sex more than the other spouse. And as we mentioned, the majority of this does happen to be where the, the men are, are wanting it more than the women. That's not necessarily the case. And so what I would say, and this is open it up to, uh, to, my, to my wife here, Heather, what would you say, what's the message that you have to predominantly the wives but even um the husbands if you're the one who is got the lower sex drive and you're the one whose spouse is always kind of the, the one pursuing you what what can you say to encourage them i would say something that i use often and i know it sounds a little cliche or whatever pray you know it the lord knows and he knows what our spouse needs and there have been times that I am just absolutely no, but I know that that's what my husband needs. He needs to feel connected to me. And so I would literally pray, Lord, I need you to, I need you to show up here. I, I am not feeling it. I need you to help change my mood and I need you to just intervene here. And he always has. And so I would say pray. I know that sounds crazy, but of course God knows. You know, he created us. He created us with the, the sex drive that we have or don't have. Um, and he knows how to fix it, you know? And so I would say pray. Um, and I would just say be patient with your spouse. No, you don't have to say yes every single time. Don't feel like you have to be forced into doing something that you don't want. But as you communicate these things, you know, if you've had a hard day, communicate that. And communicate it early in the night. Um, I've learned that you can't wait until the last second and then go, sorry, I'm not in the mood. That doesn't typically go over well. Um, especially if your spouse is looking forward to a date night with you all day long, it doesn't go well if you cancel at the last second. They get their feelings hurt. And so communicate early. You know, I've had a really rough day. I, I'm just not feeling a date night. Can we reschedule? Can we postpone this for another night? It's okay to say that and to not feel guilty about it. Now, if you're postponing every single time, then maybe you need to look at a different approach but for the most part if it if you've had a rough day your spouse loves you they're going to understand that and so it's just that open communication yeah and so i'll approach it from a different perspective and so let's say you are the spouse that is um per, the pursuer here you're the one who's initiating it more um again this is going to a guy or a girl um but if you're the one that is having to potentially face the potential no or whatever. So what I would say is go in with understanding. And again, something I'll echo that my wife just said, communicate. Where we have these conversations, hey, is this, can this happen? And uh, But do that with understanding because if my wife is had a rough day and the kids have, she's been running them around and she's been mom and, and ministry and church and all of that, and I come to her in that moment saying, hey, I need something from you. That's setting me and her up for failure. And so I have to go in with understanding, okay, this isn't as big of a priority to my wife. And so she doesn't necessarily crave it as much as I do. And so understand that going in, 
that things have to be in the kind of that perfect situation or set up right. And so don't put yourself and her in position of failure by just having an understanding, knowing she can't give me what I want right now, but I know that she will in the next couple of days. And so I'll go back and, hey, you know, what do you think about scheduling this night for a, a date night? But then go out of your way. If you're wanting to have a romantic time with her, protect her a little bit. Guard her schedule. Run interference. If I'm wanting to to make sure that there's you know time for romance, I'm going to step in and I'm gonna almost be her bodyguard. That night. the kids are gonna be crazy. They're gonna be crazy to me, and I'm gonna help help protect her emotional capacity so that I'm helping her stay in that kind of mood and that in that frame of mind. And so you have to go out of your way again to help put your marriage or in your spouse in the position for success and then the other part of it is if you're that person that you're craving i need, i have to have sex four times a week okay that's maybe great during the honeymoon phase that may be great in the first year but the moment you start having kids or career or whatever you have to come back okay let's be, let's be real uh, the majority of marriages that's not going to happen and so don't, even if your love language is touch, you have to come in and say, okay, what's realistic? And then maybe you start working out. Maybe you start doing something else to, to, to help focus your um, testosterone or something on other areas that's healthy. That's not an opportunity for you to start looking at pornography or trying to find a way to, to meet that need elsewhere because that opens up the door for chaos and sin in your, in your home. But you have to be realistic with your expectations um, to she can only give me what she's capable of giving me and if I'm asking too much of her that's not her fault that's my fault my job is to pursue her needs first and then trust God and trust her that she'll meet my needs and so we have to be understanding with that and that's that's a big big key with this um, and then the last thing we'll talk about and my wife has mentioned this as well but the communication part of it um, assumptions are the breeding ground of disconnect and if you tried to initiate sex with, with your spouse and all they said was no and rolled over and went to sleep, uh, that's going to be a rough night. That's going to be a night where one spouse is probably frustrated that, that, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe they even have the audacity to ask me for sex tonight. The other spouse is, oh my gosh, I can't believe they rejected me. Don't, don't they love me? And so have that conversation. Hey, I'm not feeling this tonight. But don't just say I'm not feeling it because I don't like talk about it what what went wrong what happened and that may be the most annoying you may get so irritated that your spouse like, I cannot believe they want this from me but just have the understanding that says okay I'm going to talk about this because so, I don't want Satan to use this opportunity as conflict as yeah. room for resentment we're two different people with two different mindsets and whenever we try to assume or hey this is what they're thinking inevitably we are usually wrong and so you can't communicate too much um, and so just be open and honest, you know, not hurtful, honest, honesty with grace. Um, but just be honest. And um, it just it really does change things. And you have to be willing to be vulnerable and talk and communicate. And so communicate, communicate, communicate. That's my number one thing is that you have to talk about it. And, you know, if your spouse is reluctant to just know this is going to be awkward. <laughs> we even started by saying, hey, this is going to be an awkward conversation, but we need to have it. And so let's just talk. And um, it's okay if it's weird at first, but you will, it does get easier. And so talk to your spouse. Yep. 
and so that'll wrap up for today. Um, and then next week we uh, might go a little bit further into some things uh, to, on this topic. Um, it's a huge topic um, that is so important to people. And so hopefully this gave you some truths. And so check back. Uh, make sure you're following us on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, and as always, if you have prayer requests, you can email us matt at ajoyfulfamily.com or heather at ajoyfulfamily.com. Email us and know that we pray over you guys every day um, and that you mean a lot to us. Thanks for your support and for following us. Uh, matt has a book on the website you can check out, ajoyfulfamily.com. And also our coffee's on there. If you're a coffee person like we are, go and check out our Fresh Roasted Coffee. That's how we support the ministry. Um, and so we're praying for you. We hope that you have a blessed week and we'll talk to you next time.